I'm I um I'm I I'm I must see TV. <laughs> that's it. That was that's the bit. I, that's the just... bit, folks. <laughs> that's all I got. Classic bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a good bit. Hello, everybody. Hey. Welcome hey. to season Hi. two, episode twenty-one of Watch and Talk. And this week we watched an episode called Eighteenth and, and Potomac. Potomac. So this is where 18th Street intersects with the river? With Potomac. Potomac's Avenue. the river, right? That's the Washington River. Oh, I think also it's a street. I think it's a street. That's confusing. I know. Well, so I also read that like this is like near this area, this intersection is like near the pr- local prison or something. Oh, oh shit. What? Yeah. Well, it's right by the White House. I looked it up. I looked this up because I was like, oh, this is an important thing <clears throat> so i looked it up it's just a, it's just a street nothing big street. nothing how close is it to the white house a couple few blocks damn all right well it's a very important street the most important <laughs> street in tonight's episode definitely the most important street in this episode mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. maybe the most name impor- a more important street. maybe the most important street <laughs> in the entire series so far mm. maybe Have we, do we know any other streets in the series uh Pennsylvania Avenue. Well, what about the street sort of where the president got like shot? That was uh, like in front of a college campus, yeah, but also okay. on a street. It was on a street. So previously on Spoken by CJ, um, it's just MS, 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 MS. That's the only plot line. And actually, it's, there might have been a tobacco thing. Too. There was a tobacco. Just basically from last episode. The president and Leo are on the portico. After that, it is 1.20 a.m., which is kind of late for this crew. And he is first worried about whether they trust Joey. And Leo says, yes, we do. And you got to trust him. You got to trust Josh. They bring up the beets thing again. He told her she was coming out to do some polling on subsurface agriculture. What the hell is that? It's vegetables that grow underground. He told her she was coming out here to find out if Americans are eating more beets. Is this a joke? Which made me laugh. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, why are they still talking about the beets? Yeah, um, and it's all important. for like a little joke for Joey later. Worth it. And they are going down to a secret basement meeting because they don't want to look suspicious having all the senior staff meeting at 1 a.m. in the Oval Office. Toby and Sam is after that. Sam is arguing that whatever poll they did is not going to be useful. It's posed as a hypothetical before people have any education on yeah. it. Plus, there's no way to factor existing approval numbers, particularly when it comes to matters of trust. And then as they come up to the door, um, there is a special code word. Sagittarius. Sagittarius. That's a sign? Yeah. That is I'm a, a Sagittarius. Sign. Is there anything about... I was. The canonical Sagitt. What does that mean? Well, you changed. It's oh, like, I, I have the new one because I guess we what? There's a new one? A bit. Yeah. What? I, I used to be Sagittarius, which was like, I guess, the shut the end of November, beep, like two thirds of the way into September or December. And then it shifted into Ophucius. No, that's not a thing. First Ophucius. of all, I thought Ophucius. it was Ophucius. I, I prefer Ophucius, just like John Boehner prefers Boehner. Whoa. Oh. What's O? You, you just made this up right now? Ophucius? No. That's no. something they, that you the just made up. The scientists made it up did around they, the same time that they the eliminated scientists? Pluto. Did they just, the scientists? The yeah. scientists? Mm-hmm. Did they just insert one new one? I think, yeah. Weird. Everything but got like compressed As a bit. far as like horoscopes and such go, they don't really use that. They don't have no. Ophucius? Is Everyone there, rejected but it. But is yeah. there, my question, is there anything about Sagittarius in the 
the canonical Sagittarius that would make it a suitable code word. I don't know anything it's just, about that. It's just a word? <laughs> yeah, I think so. By the way, do you think that having a five-syllable code phrase is similar to like 24-bit encryption? I was thinking like you do <laughs> want analog. you do want many syllables. Yeah, you want to have um, at least one number, one yeah. special character, yeah. mm-hmm. and it can't be one a code word that you used in the last six months. So it should be like Sagittarius. Exclamation point. Uh, no, yeah. but the A is an at sign. Yes. So what's your guys' code word? You have a secret basement a meeting. Uh, you got to have a code word to get in. And this is not your safe word. Not. Um, this is different. Steuben glass pitcher. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's your code word? <laughs> I'm, I do. Vagitarius. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, um, good. Yeah. I would like, I wouldn't just have a word. I would have like a whole, like, little song you had to sing mm-hmm. and the thing that made it a code is that you have to get like one specific part of it like off key Ooh. in a specific way and mm. that's how i know oh you have like an, a tonal oh. code yeah oh. it's it's like the um roger rabbit oh. shaving a haircut <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like that but like more complicated mine's squidward nice. uh, I, 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 I think good. you want to have at at most two syllables, but something that no one at ever most says. two syllables. Yeah, so I'm just go, two sillies. I'm gonna go with parfait. Huh. Mm. Wait, I have. <laughs> I just googled uh, what are huh. you know Sagittarii Sagittarius's like, yeah. and the first thing it says it's Sagittariums. Is, they enjoy expressing themselves in a sexual manner, and they are determined to live life to the fullest. Are you sure you didn't? You're you're not still <laughs> the, the sag, Jay? Hmm. Yeah. Oh hey! Can I... Sag always a sag. They're vibrant, right? inquisitive, and exciting. Nice so... cans, by the way, Jason. Thanks. Oh, there's the. I got a pair of new cans, guys. Yeah, he's rocking some headphones. new head headphones. head cans. The uh the the book, the Age of Sagittarius or whatever. It's Aquarius. The age, the age of, of Aquarius. Aquarius. Never mind. Never mind. Yeah. That's another Back one. Out. That's Abort. another one. We're not at that in a Sagittarius age quite yet. Okay, so. They go into the basement meeting. Um, most of the gang is there. We got CJ down there. We got Joey down there. We got our man Kenny down there. He got called off that vacation. Mm. Cut that vacation uh-huh. short. Come back. Fucking Kenny. No uh, Dale Baxter or whatever anymore. <laughs> and they're, they're in a weird, weird room. It's like a split level room but it also has like very so it kind of looks like uh ainsley's office a little bit it's like it's a A steam trunk trunk yeah it's a a distribution venue of some sort and but it also has like very nice conference tables and like really nice chairs that feels like they put that stuff in there and there's like a couch and a new looking phone in the uh, right so they set they set it up but that would draw attention i would yeah (laughs) we're just moving all this really nice bring the presidential furniture down to the basement it's a super cool room otherwise though well what makes it so cool and i've never noticed this before it was very you know subconscious was they put all this awesome kind of like mm. mood lighting in the background mm. there's all these like sconces with little there were sconces above the yeah. couch like yeah. the couch was lit yes by three special couch sconces <laughs> there were more than three it was oh. like six or seven little Whoa. like I, there weren't leds back then but it's like a lighting. very nice basement room yeah. it shouldn't be that nice there's like a beautiful mahogany table yeah what yeah. do you think oh, they use beautiful. it for otherwise well, doesn't she say it's it like, was like the photography room? Yeah. She being yeah. the first lady? The, yeah, like way later. I think that was like historically though, because it's like yeah. you need like a dark room. That wouldn't be a thing anymore. I don't know. Uh, but that's what I was thinking about most of this scene. <laughs> <laughs> what do they do here? Uh, so Joey 
is holding the secrets of the pole very close. So she's no spoilers. He shows up. She starts to tell him, but then he cuts her off to be like, who the fuck is this guy? I polled 1,170 registered voters in Michigan, giving their governor a hypothetical concealed... How many people in this room know Kenny's last name? It's fine. I believe this operation is no longer covert. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, uh, how many people here know Kenny's last name? Shmany? I don't, but I felt yeah. personally N- attacked by this. None of us. Nobody <laughs> did here. Did you look it up? No, I didn't. I just recognized that I did <laughs> not know his name. No one knows his last name. I bet he has a last name. I want to say it's like Donaldson. Kenny Penny? <laughs> uh, Donaldson, not it. Kenny Penny, not it. Is he Jewish? Goldman. Maybe. It's close. Uh, Silverman. Goldberg. No. Uh, Thurman. Oh. Thurman. <laughs> I got the men. I guess that's close. Kenny Thurman. Really? Cite. Citation. Uh, Westwing.wikia.com. That's, yeah, where's their citation out. to primary out. source material? This, this thing's pretty accurate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. We, now we know. It's Kenny Thurman. They should have established that there. So Joey leaps to her man's defense and it's the most heartwarming scene. This operation is no longer covert. Mr. President, Kenny's been with me for 11 years. To trust me is to trust him. She's like, I love him with all my heart. She's like, that's my boy. But it pretty much is a package deal, though. Except for that one time when we had the other guy. Yeah. They they come together. But, the, but what's weird is then, so she's like, you know, you trust me, you trust Kenny. And even after that, President's like, Josh? <laughs> Can we yeah. trust her? Right. Who doesn't know her? He met her one time. So it's too late for that. So yeah, she starts going over the poll results, and folks, it looks bad. The it's like GOP tax bill bad. It's like eighteen or <laughs> it's like something. Worse. Eighteen or twenty-five percent or something like that, depending on the question. But they're all basically the same thing. None of them look good. It's like it hits a bunch of their core constituencies that turn against them. I think actually, I just kind of put this together this is kind of similar to the stuff now with the harassment where conservative voters like don't give a shit yeah and they're people well they, they're really mm-hmm. mad at the democrats sure they don't care about their own they right. don't believe the claims against their own and they want severe actions to be taken for the claims against the other right and i wonder if this is like a similar thing it's like liberals pride themselves on being like moral and respecting truth and stuff like that and so even when it's against their own interests they would hold themselves to some moral standard that is like not applicable or not necessarily like conductive with getting the results they want out of the system so the polling shows that they don't believe that roy moore did all that stuff it's george soros and the washington post and mitch yes. mcconnell like 86 percent of republicans don't believe it or See, some I, some crazy i would think that they believe it but they just they just well these are polls that, they may say that they disbelieve it it's like impossible to know what they really think right, right. they're responding to poll questions oh by the time this comes out he's going to be elected think about that Wow. Oh, the guy, the more guy, the child molester guy. Yeah, we're recording this before. Oh, yeah. Well, I was thinking not with the child molesting as much, but with the uh, the president that we president lies that we have. And like they're going over this stuff like, yeah, some like some people don't really care that the president lies a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Or I guess like 
See, that's that's the thing. Like, like that dovetails with this issue, with, right? Well, with a lot of it's demonstrably a lie. With a so lot of politicians, okay. With a lot of politicians, there's always the argument like, uh, oh, like you say it's a lie, but you just like have a different I- opinion or whatever. But with Trump, like, there's a lot of stuff where he strategic. like needlessly it's lies. Clearly it's clearly a lie. Like it's definitely but a lie, like and nobody cares at all. His supporters think that like anything he does, he's doing it for a reason, and it's a good reason. Well, that's, right. that's what I well, would like, think. But if they actually think it's true, that's like a a level of they might alienness of the of the mind that I can't. I mean, if you're empathize with, if you all. voted for Trump and you're like, you know, one of those like idiots who voted for him, not just like a Republican who will vote for anyone who runs on the Republican ticket, then it's possible they believe it because all the news they watch is also saying. Like it's but true. The things where he's like makes up phone calls that he had with people and <laughs> yeah. people are like, We never talked on the phone and there's but like visitors records. I don't it's think like, they're like hearing the news though where the person's yeah. like, no, that you're didn't right. happen. The, 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 that's where all they the stop media they're caring. consuming that's reinforces all they it. Yeah. All I needed to know, President Trump, is that you Right. Heard from the Boy Scouts president, and that was the best speech they've yeah. ever heard. Trump Ch- says it, it checks out my like fringe news source. Yeah, they'll never like, encounter anything thing, to the contrary. And then 5,000 reporters spend five days on Twitter, like right. obsessing over right, it. Right. <laughs> While they like give away like national monuments to oil companies. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Shit's wild, y'all. Um, so there's a funny kind of joke in the middle of this where she's like, here's what we think, here's the worst bit. It's this may be the worst stat, sir. 74% believe MS to be fatal. They may be right. Because, like, politically fatal? Oh, no, it's well, a, I think it's, it's like... It's a good gag. No, no I think, like, maybe oh, it is. He no, no, maybe. he no, he was... It was a joke. No, no, I think, no, I think no, no, like, no, he was saying it was politically fatal. No. no. Yes, look at... Yeah. <laughs> the, way, no. the way he delivers that line is he like pull the clip is this clip. like uh that scene where yeah, he thought sex was like sexual and, and then no yeah. you could, tell, you could tell the president and joey just wanted to get down yeah also i want to ask what was the uh root vegetable joke about because y'all uh, all... oh no no yeah we skipped that um and oh yeah she says is there anything in there that we're gonna like we are, in fact, eating more beets. Okay. Oh. Uh, so it's not even really, it's like just a call. It's a. I didn't get it. A callback to the what Josh had her fly in the, yeah. into Washington and fly mm-hmm. back for it. It was under the ruse of beet, root vegetables. Beet talk. Beet talk, yeah. So watch when she says this is the worst thing, sir. We'll cut this. Cut it. So we just lost Florida. You know, we're going to lose the election. <laughs> it's a knowing glance. Uh, he okay, just has, he okay. just look. He has a look. I see what you're. No, what you're seeing. It's possible. They may be right. It's. It might be politically fatal to have this. I think that's what he was getting at. I thought it was a funny. Maybe joke. it's a double entendre. It's a, it, it, yeah. It's a. It's definitely an entendre. All right. So I thought that was good. Um. So and then it ends. Goes to the credits on. Joey, is there any good news in there at all? No sir. And then it's like smash cut to credits. Little dramatic there uh after that there's a big oval office meeting we haven't had one of these like military crises in a while there's a coup going on it was on like and- hard for me to pay attention to this plot line yeah i was like really upset about the ms yeah, yeah. this is one of those things where it's just establishing that he's like busy guy there's something much. going on well this is like the bait and switch this is sort of like while he's dealing with this he also has to deal with other stressful things mm-hmm. it gives some 
context and to the other scenes some other scenes like reference it like in parallel yeah like when the news guy comes and he's he asks about this so there's a coup in haiti and poor top prince there was like an election and there was gonna be a big like victory that was rally a great, um great uh, haitian pronunciation <laughs> port au prince port top prince. Port prince that was good yeah hey you um <laughs> there, hey you <laughs> So there was a... Citing the improper permits, Colonel Bazan's soldiers surrounded Carrefour Liberté. Liberty Square. Yeah. To prevent a victory rally by supporters of Destin Lane. Some of the crowd refused to disperse and shots were fired. Anybody killed? Two people. President-elect is now missing. They don't know where he's at. There's a whole... whole there's a coup going on. The military is like not recognizing the results of the election. And there's this uh, Matt Iglesias-looking motherfucker giving him suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> it looks exactly like him. <laughs> it's kind of creepy. Um, and so they, the president ends up evacuating the embassy by the uh, as his like first step to respond to this because he doesn't want another um, thing like happened in Colombia to happen here. Um, yeah, I didn't really follow a whole lot of the particulars of this one either. It's like. That's it didn't much hit. I got it the second go around. It didn't really seem like it had um like a they've been trying to do this thing where they have like parallels. So it's like the thing other story is like a parallel for this story. And I, I I'm struggling to see what the parallel is for this one other than like maybe like this is they're both presidents. Was there a weird thing about like oh the president's missing? You're a president, I mean, yeah. I'm a president. You could you could say it's like a do you you double down and risk it all, you know? double or nothing or do you hedge your losses because it's sort of like you're conceding the the outcome of the coup by pulling back your personnel but you're you're at least saving some lives right. but then if you're like no this is temporary and our guy's going to come back into power like you stay but you risk everything and that's kind of like what they're doing and strategizing like do we just come right out and say, you know, we fucked up. This is what's happen- actually going on. Or do they constantly try to like be defensive about it? Yeah, so maybe cut their losses. He doesn't run again. And everybody walks away relatively unscathed. Yeah. Or does he run again and potentially like blow up the party? Yeah. There's something. I don't know if it's intentional. But- there might be more next week, too. I forget exactly how they resolve this. Because I don't think it completely resolved yet. So I think there's more to this story next week so maybe there's they get into that a little deeper they cut down to the war room again after that they're talking about what the rollout needs to look like so they have their idea from last week which is like a staged interview with the first lady and then a press conference but sam wants to do like kind of like a more formal address like a speech i think the presidential speech is like kind of like a dead format at this point oh totally like, who gives a shit about the State of the Union and stuff ever, anymore? Like, yeah. think about the fact that Obama did those weekly radio addresses or Trump whatever. Trump does those, too. Really? Yeah, he puts videos of them up on his Twitter. Really? He's like, yeah, like, listen, nobody ever pays attention to it, though, because it's just him reading some random oh, thing. Oh, it's on him, like, shooting the shit? Oh, he's not, like, ranting, yeah. That'd be <laughs> kind of entertaining, though. That's the, yeah, the rally, the Trump rally is definitely not a dead format. That's Those are still <laughs> pretty exciting. But Like, if anyone could bring back the presidential address, it would be Trump. But his, like, speeches all are this, have the same, like, stilted weirdness to them that anybody else's did. Yeah. It's just not a... It's It's a antiquity at this point i think i have a, the, two the, questions the monologue is dead i guess yeah i guess so 
Uh, does does President Trump have a degenerative brain illness? <laughs> yes. The the formal name is brain worms. Brain worms. <laughs> is yes. it is it degenerative if it's bottomed out? So it's, it, ooh, that's a good point. You think he's hit bottom? Yeah. <laughs> can he get worse? I don't think he can get worse. I don't know. His dentures were Did falling you, the, out the other day. Is that the explanation? That he has dentures? Yeah. Is that what we're there's saying? A, it's dentures? There's Because it sounded really strange. There's a speech he gave, and it's like... And finally, I asked the leaders of the region, political and religious, Israeli and Palestinian, Jewish and Christian and Muslim, to join us. Gosh, bless... <laughs> it was right at the end. Yeah, it sounded like but he was stroking. I don't think that was it, out. though, because he was still—he wasn't like maybe he was, he was still going. He was delivering stuff like on the right cadence. He mm-hmm. was just like it—it it sounded like he had something loose in his mouth. Did he like <laughs> grab his teeth at all? I didn't see the. He video. didn't do it, but I think he knows that he can't like uh, shove his dentures back into his poor face. Melania. <laughs> Not a good look. Uh, um, she, she, sorry. That, this is the straw that breaks the camel's back for you. <laughs> while, while we're just back. random Trump things, Melania, some reporter asked her today, like, oh, what would your ideal Christmas be? And she's like, I just want to be on a deserted island. <laughs> <laughs> and then oh she then said, then was like, dot, dot, dot. With, with my family, of course. <laughs> it's like, she just like wants to get the fuck out of there. Oh, my God. So, wait. So, someone could like do the whole throwing the shoe at Bush, but like rip out Trump's dentures? <laughs> yeah. Knocks it out and his teeth all fly out. Oh, that'd be awesome. No, here's what you have to do like more clever than that. You have to get someone to tie like a monofilament, like clear string onto his dentures. Oh, put it in his Big Mac. And then... yeah. It's like fishing. Oh. Yeah, then then like <laughs> you find the string at some point in the day so it can be far enough away from him and then you pull it and it pulls it out of his mouth. Nicely. That's done. how you do it, guys. <laughs> All right. There yeah. you go. You put yeah. it in his filet of fish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. I did the second question. Okay. Okay. Um, did Rob Lowe film himself having sex with a 16-year-old? What? Um, I do remember something like that. He seems okay. to have rehabilitated his image yeah. after that. But that was like, because yeah. he, he was like yeah. the big heartthrob mm-hmm. star guy, and then he wasn't mm-hmm. there for a while. Right. And then I think he was on this. Okay. So this kind of helped him after he filmed himself having sex with a 16 year old. Wait, wait, wait. I have never heard of this before. Oh. Is it true? I, I never, I, I cannot help with that. I don't know. We're saying no. I think it's true. Okay. I'm pretty sure it's true. I've definitely heard something like that before, maybe. So let's, was this let's go back ahead. when he was in his 20s? I think it was in the 80s, folks. Come on. Come on. Them's was the time. Come on. Was it consensual? I think it was. It, it was Rob Lowe. Yeah. <laughs> but the filming, oh, I guess, is the question. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's usually that. <laughs> it's obviously a joke. So they're going to do. Right. Oh, the, it was 1988. Sorry. How old is like, Rob Lowe in 1988? Um, I don't know. He was born in. Well, I was I was six, so sixty-four. Yeah. So he's twenty-four. I was too old. Yeah, sixteen-year-old girl. He met her in a nightclub. And what they, was she doing at that nightclub? They were videotaped the night before the Democratic National Convention. Mm, oh, this that's is a, re- a sexy that's, political. That's, that's relevant. Oh, here's a loophole i think the age of consent and it was in georgia the age of consent in georgia was 14 at the time hey legal and it was raised to to 16 in 1955 i mean 1995 
Um, so they were both legal age to do it cool. at the time. But so the it's sex not tape even so it's not statutory rape. She could legally consent. But my my biggest question, I guess, is, is yeah, where do we get it? Where do, can, you, can you find the, the tape? Of cons- <laughs> yeah, consent to the videotaping. Mm-hmm. Was it a secret videotaping? Oh wait, actually, could you could you hide a camera back no, in no. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. They were very large. There's another part of the same tape that was leaked that show mm. Low and his guy friend oh. doing a model. Doing like sex? He was never identified. Yeah, in a sex doing? In a hotel room in Paris. That's classy then. Yeah. If it's in Paris. Ew, that's like gross when like a guy and his friend are like doing Did stuff. Did they do to the Eiffel Tower? Man. Are you are you Hey the Eiffel Tower, right? No. <laughs> I just think like if it's videotaped, I feel like it's weird. I don't know. So Rob Lowe, we've cleared your name <laughs> of all not. charges. Please come on the show. <laughs> We'd love to have you on and talk yeah, about this yeah, a little more. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, there's also nanny lawsuits. Wow. I'm going to put the Wikipedia down for now. <laughs> it's a very lengthy Wikipedia. We'll do yeah. a very special episode on this. Of all the Rublo scandal. So the plan is they're going to do the interview. They're going to do the press conference. They have to do it on Wednesday and not Thursday because they can't cut into that must-see TV time. So <laughs> Is Thursday still a must-see TV day? I don't think the concept of TV watching exists anymore. Like. When yeah. does stuff come out? I guess Game of Thrones. Sunday night, I feel like, is the new must-see TV yeah. night. So Sam wonders, he has a really insightful thing he thinks. Is, Hang on. If we take him from the mural room to a press conference, isn't a smart reporter going to ask, Mr. President, are you planning on seeking re-election? A smart reporter. Sam, Ted Baxter is going to ask, Mr. President, are you planning on seeking re-election? Kind of dragging him here a little bit. She's like, you know, Ted, Ted goddamn Baxter... Is going to be asking about this. In with the Ted Baxter slam. Do you know Ted Baxter? He's from the Mary Tyler Moore show. Yeah, yeah. He was the uh, the neighbor. Uh, oh, no. No, he's like, no, the, he's he's like, like the dumb He's anchor, like the right? news, yeah, the dumb news anchor guy. But didn't he live next door? No. No. Are you thinking of Three's Company? No, you're thinking of... No, uh, there was that one guy, but then... Chachi. I think you're, I think you're, thinking, I think you're thinking of Kramer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. The Chandra. other spinoff people. Chandra. Urkel. Ro- You're thinking of Urkel. Ro- Rhoda? Rhonda? Yeah. That girl. Fonzie? <laughs> oh, hey. Hold on, folks. I'm getting a phone call. <laughs> Roz? <laughs> Hello? What's up? Hey, what's going on? Speak up, man. We can't hear you. We can't. We're trying to get for the podcast. <laughs> Okay. Hey, you're live. Speak. <laughs> let's just say your part, man. Yeah, tell the world. This is your chance. <laughs> he put on speaker. All right. Hey, God bless, man. God bless. <laughs> he hung up. He hung up. Who I mean, is you that? ended it with a God bless, which I think was that a wrong really number? Landing. I think it was a wrong number. <laughs> what was he saying? Uh, it was Spanish. Oh, you I couldn't hear. <laughs> No. I was trying to get him in the. No, I mean, I heard okay, it like you didn't a little. Have to put the ear part by the oh, I put the I put the wrong. I put, put my part. part. I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could have also put it on speaker. Hmm. Oh wow, you would have done that better. 
<laughs> Next time you get it. Yeah. I don't think I could have done that time. better than you just Next did time. that. <laughs> That's so, pretty special. After that is Charlie and Miss Landingham. And Hell yeah, it is. She it's such a sweet scene. Had just bought a car. It's such a sweet scene. She's how he tells her that she doesn't know how to buy a car, that she doesn't um properly shop for a car because of her ovaries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um you, well her her specifically her the, dusty ovaries right well uh, is this his age and gender well no they keep saying right. to her you always go with someone to the car dealership i think it's more just gender yeah he says she There's should really no, just she should have got a subwoofer oh, which is was a very funny image to me of miss landing yeah six with, speakers and a she should have got well, those first hydraulics. He, eight. he says she needs at least oh. six but <laughs> he recommends eight uh she needs that tow package for her boat Mm-hmm. Um, the extended warranty. Josh comes up and he also thinks that she blew it at the dealership by not. Um, she can get that extended service warranty. She can get that tow package. And then Josh and Charlie share a Ugh. women, right? Women. <laughs> Why do men think women can't buy a car without a man? It's an old stereotype, Mrs. Allen. Did you get the extended service warning? No. Women. They <laughs> literally say women. And <laughs> Charlie's like, yep, tell me about it, sister. <laughs> Hey guys, hey folks. Two. This is gonna women. Yeah. So right. Yeah. Women. Small small spoiler. This is gonna. <laughs> this day is gonna haunt Charlie's entire life. Yeah. How remember sh- when you dissed Miss Remember how him? shitty you were to her. Like make her feel so sad about when, her tote package. When she was so tote. excited about tote? this thing. Is it a tote, tote like a tote bag? No tote. Oh, like T O W. Tote like a nice like a tope pink. Pa- like you get the exterior in tote. Tote. Yeah. You both are wildly wrong. <laughs> toe no but okay but I, we'll talk about it later i i interpret this slightly differently can i just say oh. you i think it's always good to get the extended service warranty i wrote it down because i wasn't sure josh seemed to think you're supposed to get extended service warranty eric what do you think about that warranty your warranty man you get on, that warranty on a car probably yeah jay you get that warranty i've never bought a new car you get a. Would you want a regular warranty or an extended Let service warranty? Let me just warranty? say, I like benefited from an extended service warranty on a used car that I bought. Nice. And if, if the, the car went through three owners and was able to be serviced under warranty. I usually get Apple Care on my laptops. That's probably the That's modern equivalent of a car. That's basically it's ESW. like two years. It it. Like, and no, it goes up and takes it up to three. I think oh, okay. it's even. It makes so much more sense on a car though, because you're you're never gonna like buy a used laptop or sell your laptop used. But a car, mm-hmm. I what sell, I would sell my laptop. You would sell your laptop. laptop. Do well, people buy, like, oh my like, god! Oh my god! Well, people hate the new MacBook Pros. So oh my the god! Market for the old ones is actually pretty solid at this Guys. point. Actually. Okay, so then my next Guys. question is: Can you transfer the Apple for yeah, warranty? You can, folks. Okay. Yes, cool. Braden. What's up? Yeah. What's up, Braden? She didn't need it. <laughs> oh. Okay. Oh, all right. <laughs> so Leo, Leo and Josh after that. You're so sad looking. There's, Too soon, bro. There's an update on the tobacco case. So Josh had made this report for Leo that they talked about in the last episode. We get some nice report follow-up. Leo's on board when he sees the actual numbers. They're being dramatically outspent, outstaffed, et cetera, et cetera. 31 lawyers to the 1,800 lawyers. Big difference. It actually seems like the the different differential has gone up since last week. It's bad. Leo's on board. They're going to try to get some funding from the relevant congressional committee. They talk about the need for the reelect answer. Leo, it's also looking like any scenario is going to require a firm position from the president on reelection. 
Well, we'll have that answer by the end of the day, too. Will we? Yes. That's like a big theme of this episode. Everybody wants to know. Everybody want to know. It's a pretty relevant question, I think, because they're they are party member. Like they they love the president, but they also are Democratic Party insiders. So they would very much care if he wasn't going to run that they properly use the event to set up the next person if they needed to. So I get how they kind of have like a conflicted view here of like, you know, make your mind one way or the other. We'd probably love for you to run, but also make up your mind because we need to do something about this. It seems weird though. Cause like, wasn't at least like Sam wasn't really into politics before. And now he like suddenly cares so much about the democratic party. Like Josh had to convince him to come work for Bartlett. Yeah, that's true. He, he He's making that big bunny though. Um, I think be a party guy. That would be Josh. Would be like a party well. I guy. think right. Sam had done speech writing before. Oh. I think him and I think CJ had not done so much. She had done like nonprofit work before, right. and, but not necessarily like elected stuff. But they all obviously care about the causes a lot. Yeah, and have. I suppose, but Sam seems like just based on his backstory, the one who would be least interested in what yeah. he's talking about, and he's the most interested. in Well, it. especially because right. it's kind of like Josh has always been in politics and strategy, totally political too. strategy. Yeah, and then he goes to Sam and is like, "This guy's for real." But previously, Josh had been working for Hoynes. He was a Hoynesman. <laughs> he he like didn't he run Hoynes's primary campaign? Uh, no, no, he didn't. He left before he so would to, to run. He was oh, he was, he was Hoyne, gonna. Know. He was Hoynes' chief of staff. Right. Okay. When he was in the Senate, but that's, that kind of implies that like Sam wasn't interested in joining him then. Right. And then now, you know, Sam's, I guess I'm saying like, Sam's idealistic, so he worked for like yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the evil law firm. <laughs> well, I always interpreted that as Sam was so disillusioned that he worked for an oh evil that reminds law firm. me. I saw the new Aaron Sorkin movie oh. a couple of weekends ago, and it's called uh, Molly's Game, and it's about this lady that ran this poker ring, and Jessica Chastain's in it, and Idris Elba's in it, and she gets arrested, and the whole like a lot of the movies about her like legal defense, and her lawyer is Idris Elba, and his law firm is Gage Whitney. No way. What? <laughs> Oh it's very gosh. subtle. It's like his like screensaver on his like <laughs> when they're like having a conversation. Like, but it's gay. Just a little That's West, little so West Wing. Did you see this in I the theater? That. Yeah, it was like. Did you like listen for squeals? It was a squeal. Nobody else seemed to notice like, it. There, the, it was actually like a screening, and there was a Q and A, and Aaron Sorkin was there, and I you saw, saw a Q and I saw Aaron Sorkin in in the flesh. Oh my gosh! And I did not ask. Does a question. he listen about to our podcast? I didn't ask him. I insult him okay. quite a bit usually so he probably should <laughs> yeah. to bring him down a couple yeah. notches he loves to get in yeah, yeah. <laughs> you should have like we should have made business cards but he directed this. this movie really yeah, oh was this his first, his first time his directorial debut I'm... i thought it was pretty well done too it's well shot huh. well framed yeah it's uh it's kind of like uh adam mckay a little bit it's kind of oh. it's a it's a lot like the big short that's like cool. the pacing and like the edit style and there's oh, like on-screen graphics and stuff sometimes that movie's it's, great we sure it wasn't well. ghost directed <laughs> Maybe, <I'm, laughs> it's very possible he like i mean i'm sure he had a lot of consultation with people of like how the hell do i do this sure just but, let your cinematographer do the work. So cool. But uh, Molly's game, pretty pretty solid movie. And your DP. And uh, Michael Sarah's in it, and it's very funny that he's oh, in I it. Oh, I love him. 
He was amazing in Twin Peaks, can I just say? You <laughs> <laughs> really Oh, the noise that just came out of me. Yeah. <laughs> he really was. I like had to think about what he did in Twin Peaks for a second. Haven't seen. It's no spoilers. Okay. Yeah, that's not a spoiler. So the, there's an Oval Office scene again with all the national security people. The still talking about Haiti. So this guy Dessaline, who is the president, pre- yeah, the president elect. He's in the trunk of a car and he's like being escorted to the U.S. embassy for asylum. And they're furiously figuring out whether they want to actually admit him into the embassy because that would, I don't know, is it like an act of war to shelter? I feel like. No, the guy that there's a guy that very quickly explains why this is a bad idea. That's the lane one. Grant asylum will officially be in a standoff with Bazan. And the best way for Bazan to elevate his stature in Haiti is to stage a standoff with the U.S. Plus, Bazan can surround the embassy, saying he's searching for a wanted criminal. And obviously, he can take everyone in the embassy hostage. Which then escalates things, which puts you in a position where you have to essentially be at war with the, what will become the the new government in Haiti. Yeah. I feel like the United States can be pretty confident in the outcome of the conflict. Sure. But it's, yeah, I guess if you can avoid it for like, how much do we like this guy basically? Yeah. And it's also like, it's, it, it's bad to turn an ally into an enemy. And even though you don't, this isn't your chosen puppet government. Yeah. Like it, you want to make it the new government, your, your new puppet government. Yeah, like so, so Leo really wants to help the guy. Of course we're choosing sides. There was a free election. We saw to it. There was a free election. We made sure they had a free and fair election. We made sure Dessaline won. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty awesome. They eventually decide on let him in, which is, um, I think the, you got to let him in. Let him in. Figure it out later. Come but like, don't on. Let He's him in get, a like, trunk. Because he had another guy. Remember the guy who went back to Africa and got killed on the tarmac? He wanted to go, right? Oh, he wanted right. to go, yeah. but like he knows he's had this happen before, so he's probably... The tarmac's a really dangerous place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of action happens on mm-hmm. the tarmac. Back down in the war room, they're arguing over whether or not to bring Hoynes out on stage with the president for the press conference part of it. So the first half is going to be with the first lady. But when he has to go answer questions, do they want like a supporting figure behind him? And there's a bunch of mixed opinions. So Hoynes knows. Hoynes has known since. He's always known. Yeah. Did they not Cause show that yet? Um, they haven't shown him yet. No, but I thought they did. It. I thought it was in the. But he's premiere. one of the people that the... know. We definitely see that scene. Yeah. At some point, I don't know if we've seen it really? yet. I don't know if we've seen because it. because okay, it might be in the. Next it seems like premiere then. It certainly seems to me. I haven't seen the show. Like they're setting up points to challenge the president since the first, since the very beginning. Yeah, and they, in this episode, they're, they're it seems like there's. Sure. Some, um, I can't remember who, one of the characters seems to think that in this conversation that Hoynes oh, very Toby. well could up- oh, yeah, Toby could thinks- come out and make a play for the presidency. Well, he, I think that they're concerned if he's asked um, about the president. Is he fit to be Oh, is he fit president? to be president? Yeah. He, he might say, well, I'm not a medical expert. Well, and I, I guess the, the idea is that he would do that yeah. in, a, in a bid to a challenge surprise, the president. Yeah. But the right. argument for bringing him out was that he has known since the beginning and he signed on anyways so i think that kind of undercuts Hoynes' like moral standing if he'd known about it the entire mm-hmm. time and now like that it's public he 
turns around and says, "Oh, I actually am not cool with this now that everybody's mad." And like, well, it wouldn't, credit due he to wouldn't me. have to be that overt. He could just say, "Listen, I got put in a tough spot where I, you know, I was running against him in a primary. He chose me to be his vice president, and I always felt it's not my place to out someone's medical condition, and it's his decision." But I knew that I was here to take over if something got bad. Like it, it kind of puts him in the I was like behind the scenes making sure everything was okay. And I think he's he would be fine politically if if that's how it played out. If, you know. But I think it takes away a little bit of the moral high ground that he might potentially. He's have implicated there. slightly, but it's re- he could recover, especially because all he has to do is preach to the choir. Oh, I think he'd be fine if the president didn't run. I'm saying it's hard for him to like retroactively like, and now I can't be his vice president. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm going to challenge him for the office. But he, that but he, puts, I mean, he could challenge weird... him, and then if he loses, still be his vice president. You think he'd still get picked? <laughs> well, back in the back in the day when things were, I guess, more of like kind of polite and cordial, you could have a very respectful primary. <laughs> Nowadays, you know. So Sam is extra pissed. I think we're seeing a lot of people on the gradient of like anger fading. So like Toby is like the least emotional, but he was super emotional two two episodes ago. Like CJ is like in the middle now. Josh is like pretty fine with it and sam is like the super pissy one this episode mm-hmm. so it everybody seems to get mad at first and then they calm down quite a bit out even afterwards. though cj does look very tired yeah they all kind of look tired though. well they were i mean they were having 2 a.m meetings the yeah. night before cj gets called out of the room for the haiti thing she has to go learn about this thing now um which if you're already tired having to like internalize all that new information and then brief about it and then when she does the briefing later she's like very prepped on it and very on message and doesn't let anything slip and then so that just leaves sam and toby in the room and toby kind of takes a temperature check on sam sam can josiah bartlett function as president i'm not a medical expert seems like he's like perhaps like not on board with the whole thing even he's a very direct question and sam's like i don't know I don't know. It's a. It felt like they were just practicing. But um, do you think so? We know that a lot of Clinton people are advisors on this show. Is this drawn from a particular experience from the Clinton administration? Does Clinton have MS? Well, I was thinking more of the Monica Lewinsky stuff. Does Monica Lewinsky have MS? You think they all like knew about it? Well, at a certain point, once the cat was out of the bag and articles of impeachment were adopted, right? You know, you've got a announce you got to deal with that you got to like come out and sort of either own up to something i think eventually clinton stopped denying it and then he he had to come out and say something i was too young to remember or probably ever see that but i'm sure that at some point bill clinton was like listen guys to his inner circle this this shit's real it actually happened like by the way i how do we handle i didn't there's no penis stuff but i did do the cigar stuff i totally did the cigars not not buying it by the way what that they, that he never actually put the PP in there. Oh, yeah. Like, it come seems on. like a weird, the total bullshit. Like, why? Like, what's with the thing with the cigar? The cigar is the most. What's disturbing that thing. about? Like, how? Like, ruin a good cigar? Like, you actually, think it was wrapped? That? Yeah, you got. I've always wanted to wrap it up. I hope yeah. it was all, all crinkly. Yeah. yeah. So I, you know what though? You think? You, wait. <laughs> you think? You think? Bill Clinton is smoking like single wrap Phillies. Like, yeah, like loose, loose, <laughs> <Owls>. single, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, because you know, you're like, right. There's no plastic if he's got like a box of yeah. like, classy cigars. I think I think he smokes Swisher Sweets. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that's nice. I don't know anything about cigars. Is this like the single wrapped ones are shitty? Or? The single wrapped ones when you get like a like gas station. You're so buying you can, one you, at a time. So you for like put, a, so, so you can break it apart. And uh, take all the tobacco out and put and, something else. And in then it. you put got marijuana it. inside. Yeah. You got to protect those leaves. Yeah, right. make a doink out of it. <laughs> a blizzy. But okay, now that I'm thinking about how we found out about the cigar, which was I guess Monica Lewinsky divulging all of this to Linda Tripp. What's her face? Yeah. Maybe maybe it's true that they never actually had the fuck. They never actually doinked because wh- why would you why would you lie about that when like. Tell, talk about the cigar thing. Yeah. It seems like too true. I don't... Yeah. I don't know. You wouldn't make that up. Maybe the plan was that like they did both, but the cigar thing is so like shocking that they're like, no one's going to think about the other she thing. She didn't want to bury the lead. Was the cigar lit? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so dangerous. <laughs> Just like the shark drink. You wouldn't use the lid end. No. But yeah. like, no, obviously, no, you don't know. No, no, like, yeah. no come on. That would be rude. Yeah. Like, oh, Super but, rude. <laughs> no, wait, no, no, no. You don't use the lid end, obviously, but like, even so. But can she smoke like it like that? The whole cigar can still go in. They, and they then, have shows and then where the people smoke is, cigarettes. Like, if you do kegels. Yeah. You can smoke a cigarette with your vagina if you do a kegel. Yeah, you got to do your kegels. We absolutely have to cut this. <laughs> <laughs> um, he has to be careful with it for sure. <laughs> it's an advanced move. He was the president. That's how you become president. After that, there's Josh and some senator dude that I didn't pick up his name. He's um, on the judicial committee that they're trying to get funding from for the tobacco case. He informs him of what the obstacles are. Is there a nose count? Yeah, it's eight to seven against. Along party lines? No, believe it or not. We've got two Republicans, they've got two Democrats. They've got two Democrats? Warren and Rossiter. Warren and Rossiter aren't even from the South. They have ideological problems with the case. So they need to flip somebody, and they also need to get the committee chair willing to bring the bill up for a vote in the first place, because he can just deny that. So there's a lot of obstacles, and... The guy says, you know, I'm all for it if you can do it, but it seems like an uphill climb. This was an interesting sort of subplot bit. It's like not really relevant to the uh, to the main storyline at all. I, I feel like it's just yet another like monumental challenge yeah. that the president is constantly facing. Yeah. And this was like um, like even aside from all the challenges like you expect here's like this one here's this other weird challenge like you've got democrats who are you know who are not working with their party for bizarre like i guess personal reasons i don't yeah. know like philosophical Just, yeah issues but it's like if the if you but, if you view the president genuinely as like the leader of the party it it just goes to show you how any any political misstep any any sort of uh, controversy that's going on in the White House really threatens to undermine the president's role as the leader of the party, and it's just yeah, so he, delicate. He doesn't even have the party on board for something that seems like a slam dunk. Yeah. So add massive uh, approval hit to that, and things could go right. south really yeah. bad. Yep. After that is Donna and Toby. So this is where Toby tells Donna about the president's MS and... She kind of handles it like like a champ, like, like a pro. You're the first person on the assistant level 
to find out. Margaret doesn't know. Bonnie and Ginger don't know. Donna. Mrs. Landingham doesn't know. Is the president in a lot of pain or discomfort right now? No, he's in remission. Okay. Is there anything else? He's like, you're the queen of the assistants. Mm-hmm. Um, Margaret doesn't know. Miss Landingham doesn't know. Uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And she never... Well, I didn't really put it together, but it's a little bit wild that there's zero male assistants in the entire show. Yeah. Like, not one. No. They all handle the male, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's bizarre. And then at the end of that, on the way out, he's like, seriously, though, Donna, no snitching. I want to press upon you how important it is that this not be discussed yeah. beyond. No, don't tell anybody about this. And Donna doesn't even have to let him finish the sentence. She's like, yeah, obviously, no. Don't tell anybody. She doesn't even tell Josh, which is kind of great. Um, I don't know. Is she taken to the room? Because she knows the word. She knows the word. I don't know. She knows the code. I don't know how she found out the word, but I assume that. that they didn't need to show that. By the way, here's your welcome packet. It's got the code <laughs> Come word down on the it. room here. Your onboarding sessions. So there's Charlie and Miss Landingham again after that. And seriously, she bought that car like a lady. You want to know where you made your mistake? I didn't make a mistake. You probably did. And here's where you went wrong. Where? You went to the dealership alone. Yes. That was a mistake. Because the dealer would load me up with a lot of extras I don't need. That's right. Like a, a tow package. She really goofed it. Um, Charlie wants Miss Landingham to take her camping. How are you going to tow your camper without a tow package? I have never been camping. Neither have I, and I was hoping you'd take me. I'd be sitting there fishing, listening to the oils on a transistor radio. Which would have been adorable. I, I would love to see that. Yeah, that whole episode is just them two. Miss Landingham, like, making stuff over a fire or something, and Charlie figuring out how to fish. Can yeah. we get this? On? And, like, Can we get this? Spinoff? Yeah. Is that? Such. It would have been adorable. Is and that a they, thing we can kickstart? <laughs> Maybe. And then they had to sleep in a sleeping bag together because mm-hmm. they only brought one. Mm-hmm. Oh. Then what happens? <laughs> <laughs> well, they probably sleep like feet to head. Yeah, exactly. Then what happens? And then someone like <laughs> sucks on someone's toe or something. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. What do it's you guys think about number. what Miss Landingham did about buying her car? So yes, yeah, so, so she pays sticker price, and Charlie is aghast. Can you tell me how much you pay below sticker? I didn't pay anything below sticker. What do you mean? In my own defense, I didn't pay anything above sticker either. Mrs. Landingham, seriously. Charlie. No, seriously, you pay sticker price. Yes. Why? That was the price. Mrs. Landingham. It says so right on the sticker. You can't even process it. Um, I hate to haggle. It is my least favorite thing in the world. I just want people to tell me how much things cost, and I'll I pay did a haggle. It. I so did you're a haggle. Like a Miss Landingham. I'm, I'm very much Miss Landingham. Mm-hmm. I did a haggle the other day. Yeah, up, up in uh, upstate, right? Yeah, oh, I right. said, uh, I said, okay, I want. Well, can I do a haggle? And um, and he said, yep, you can. How much? You could have ten percent off. Ten percent. And I said, done. And that then, is such a haggle. And then are he, you kidding me? Did you get a discount for that lettuce that he spit on it? That was nope. <laughs> Just the tenor. I love a haggle. I mean, really? I feel yeah. I mean, I like at work. What's, I what's the secret? The secret is Do you is, have to be willing to walk away? No. The secret <sighs> is don't be afraid to ask for anything. <laughs> Just ask for a haggle. Just ask for yeah, what you want to well, pay. Well the the secret for haggling is so <laughs> Can I have this for free? Please? <laughs> <laughs> right. See, okay, this is exactly the, the problem, right? You can't just be like, give it to me for cheaper, right? Like, you have to actually think about 
like what their incentives are, what their what they think their competition how about, is. How about, how about this? What can you do for me here? You could no. That's a great <laughs> that's way to sort do it. Of what Get them did. to negotiate against themselves. A lot of people will do that. But then, or so like Braden and I, the most haggling experience I ever had in like oh like my Road. younger days. We're talking was, Brick Road. Yeah, Brick Lane, Brick Lane in London when we were both over there together, and we would go to this street that famously has a lot of Indian cuisine. And they have a bunch of barkers out front, and they're just like, "Come here, come like here." The, uh, like the first Ave, yeah, guys. like Panna too. And yeah, so yeah. On. So and the, so yeah. they're like, they're like, "Listen, we'll give you like appetizer, main course, dessert, side dish, blah blah blah, and a bottle of wine, and it'll be like twenty pounds per person." And then you're like, "All right," and then you just would walk to the very next storefront, <laughs> and the guy would be like. Hey, and he'd be giving you the same deal. He'd be like, that guy was going to give me all that crap for 20 pounds. And he'd be like, 15. <laughs> and then you'd just go across the street and be like, all right, guy said 15. And they'd be like, 12. And at a certain point, you couldn't so really you go any lower. you need multiple sellers with the same exact product. But though. that was the what that was like easy up- mode, right? Because it was <laughs> immediately mode. obvious that yeah. all of these guys probably got a cut. It didn't really care. Well, I think the ones like the ones here, like they share the same kitchen. I'm pretty yeah, sure. yeah, like it's it was like it was total place. bullshit, and they just knew that as long as they get you in for ten, like they're yeah. making money and they don't really care. Well, like there's two ways to haggle, right? There's like bidding it against multiple people, and then there's um you can just say what you want to pay for it, whether it's based on like knowledge of what you're buying or it's just how much it is worth to you, right? Mm-hmm. And you always go lower than what you think. You but, you don't, always, but you also don't want to be insulting. You could always ask for the good guy discount. <laughs> What's the good guy discount? Hey, I, I don't want to take your a, time. I'm a good guy. I, I remember <laughs> they did a podcast. It might have been This American Life. I don't know. They did a podcast a few years back, and it was like this guy had heard about the good guy discount, and that's where you're just like, I'm a good guy. You're a good guy. Like, Can I get a discount? And like sometimes like if you always ask... Like there are places where you will get a discount. You're not always going to hit a discount, but you gotta you gotta right. know what their bottom line is, or, or like a good estimate of it. So, right. like for example, you know, if if you have some big medical debt or something, and it's going to go to collections, you got to know that collections probably paid thirty percent, thirty three percent of that. So as long as collections gets at least a third of the debt the face value of the debt, they're breaking even. So if they get 50%, they're, they made money. They're happy. So if you go at them and you're like, I'll pay you 80, like that you're being a sucker, but it feels weird to be like, I want half off of something. Yeah. And then you go to the, if you go to the service provider and you're like, I know that guy's only going to get a third when he sells it to the collection agency. If I offer that guy, like 40 or 50 then he'll this probably is like take it how too. you negotiate medical bills but th- but this is you just have to know like what someone's actual costs are and then giving them just a tiny bit of profit off of those costs right. well also sometimes mm-hmm. haggling especially with antiques and stuff will get you more information about like whether something is actually valuable because you can tell they'll like if you want to pay too low then they'll try to sell it to like the value to you and you can kind of tell if they're like bullshitting or not so if they're like super offended and like just give you like a one liner about why it's so great because you should know, then it's usually like it's legit. But if they're really trying to convince you that it's great and they're like still trying to get you to buy it, then, you know, they're kind of bullshitting you. A lot of people use bad Yelp reviews as a haggle. 
Oh, that's shitty. Mm. That's I agree. Super shitty. Don't it do it. Shitty. That's but a threat. That's just a threat. People that's do not it all haggling. the time. That's extortion. Yeah. It is. People um, do it. I will drag your name through the <laughs> fucking mud. They'll, they'll actually leave a crappy review, and then they'll be like, well, but I'll delete it if you give me a oh, discount sure. or a oh refund or whatever. Yeah. So one I'm time. That. No, that's really shitty. No one should do that. I'm just um, saying, the, 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 it's a whole crazy haggle world out there. So one time I really didn't feel like haggling and I was going to Chinatown when I was working at Saks Fifth Avenue we did these windows where I had to buy like a hundred of those little lucky cats that move you know their hand up and down yeah oh there they are that's it (laughs) what are they there was a name for them but um, lucky cats yeah well I had to buy a ton of them at all different sizes so I went down to Chinatown and I was like, how much is this? And then they were like, how much do you want to pay? And I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> what? Just tell That's me. not how it... Like, I literally have a giant budget. Just tell me how much it is and I'm going to pay whatever you tell me. And then he was like, no, well, tell me how much you want to pay. And they were like, it was like that scene in a... In like Life of Life Brian, of Brian yeah. where he like is trying to make him haggle with him. But no, and I this, was like, I don't want like, to. You always want the person to start. Because you want to know what they think is like the starting their, point, their baseline. Yeah. Because you, with your giant budget, if you'd been like two hundred dollars a cat, they would have been like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> but then, if you'd been like, well, if what they I came said out was, and said like twenty cents a cat, then you would have been like, "I need okay. to buy hundred and fifty cats. How much will you charge me for them, and can you get them for me?" And then I literally did like, it was like the shadiest thing I've ever done with a company credit card before, <laughs> which is like do some sort of like backdoor Chinatown deal where this guy was calling like five different people to try to get 150 cats mm. for me. That's not really shady. Well, like he couldn't guarantee that he you could just, get them you and into I a paid him. Uh, sort of. I think he still made the profit and then he had to figure out how to like deliver them to me. It was very, and I didn't know if I was going to get like all the same one, which I didn't end up getting. You know, I got an eye test in Chinatown today. Hmm. You did? Yeah. Hmm. At optical eighty-eight. No. Oh. It was like a oh. like a convenience store that has a oh. pharmacy in the back. Oh, I thought this was like a joke set up. No, <laughs> no, no. I because now that you know I have the corrective lenses on my driver's license that I have to renew. Nice. They have a thing where you go, they make sure that you you know are good to go with your corrective lenses, and then they upload that to the DMV. Is this like an in the know Chinatown place? Well, it it's just some. It was the first place I walked past and I saw the sign that said like DMV test. Like it was a blank. It was like a piece of printer paper with that written on it by hand. Jason, what's a corrective lens? Oh, glasses. You know, for the eye. Just the glass? To the C. You're so, wearing them. Yeah. Not it. So I, I went back there and I'm like, I got, I need the DMV test and in barely understandable English. Okay. And he moves me to this piece of tape, and then there's like on the hold back. on. He said okay in barely understandable English. Yeah, like I he's like like oh okay. he said some other things, but it was like very straightforward, like no small talk. And he just brings me, and there's a piece of tape, and then there's like he opens a door, and the other side of the door is like the eye chart, and he points to the biggest line, and I start reading it. And before I even get to the end, he's like, you pass. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> nice. God. I'm like, how much? And he's like, $15. And that was it. $15? Excellent. Yeah. So let's see your lenses. No, no, no. It's to get my driver's license. Let's see it. Let's see those. You, I am wearing the lenses. <laughs> nice. These are real glasses. Mm. You don't see a lot of those anymore. And they're corrective? They correct. Nice. What do you guys 
think of people who wear uh, fake glasses, like clear. Oh, like if it makes them look sexy, I'm I'm cool. Yeah, with it. join join us. At in, in one scene in this, uh, I think it's stealing valor. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> I like that. Like valor. I love glasses. I love them, and I wear reading glasses or like, and when I'm on the computer, I wear glasses. But I like. I mean, I can't wear them all the time. I wonder. I don't under. I don't understand reading glasses. Like in one scene in this episode, a CJ like throws her glasses, and I don't understand like why she didn't have her glasses on. Some people only need to see things that they're. What's that about? Like I can see far away, but my eyes get fatigued when I read stuff up close. Oh, your eyes get tired. I'm farsighted. You get tired eyes. Yeah. They they get tired. Dry tired eyes. That's the Ben Stein commercial. Okay. All right. Okay. They go down to the sit room. (laughs) He brought it right back. Leo. Leo and Nancy ha- have a chat. Um, this is uh, the first time we've kind of seen Nancy working in a while. Yeah, the AR-15s aren't the only thing they got. They've got two Bradleys with 120 millimeter cannons and a couple of artillery tubes. Fitz, this is Nancy. I think we should mobilize the 880th Hostage Task Force out of Paris Island. She's really uh, Work it, Nancy. Qu- quite a boss, yeah. I think. She's, She's ordering a- people around. She knows what's going on. The military in Haiti is taking the embassy, so the thing that they was like the worst case is actually happening now. Um, she's ordering battalions and strike forces and readiness plans. I don't know. She's she's throwing out all kinds of jargon, run, running the phones. Um, it's kind of crazy to think that she has the Michael Flynn job. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, so as, like, com- as confident as she is and is like in control and stuff, the guy that we had was was sending texts during the inauguration saying like hey is that business deal still on we're going to we're going to drop the sanctions so you're saying that sh- in this show she's the one telling new hampshire that the sanctions are going to be torn up yeah haiti she's like she's like setting up like a hotel in like the rebuilt haiti <laughs> at the same time uh man World's a crazy place. Um, so, <laughs> so there's a CJ briefing real quick. Um, it's all about Haiti stuff. And um, she's being very like cautious in her language. She's trying to like diffuse the situation, it seems like. Um, very, very good at her job, that CJ. And, um, but it's a real quick one, and they don't get to it much. But she walks out of that. Carol guides her into the mural room where... The some network executive Dateline is NBC, right? They kept it in the family for this one. Is that guy supposed to be like, like a head of the network? He's like the Alan no, Baldwin no, no, he's, no, he's the, no, he's the he's the president of the network. I think he's something like that. Yeah, yeah. he's like the Jack Donaghy. Yeah, yeah, that's what exactly, you said. Yeah. Oh, did you say that? She I said, said that's what the Alan Baldwin. the Alec Baldwin. Yeah, because yeah. he's like he's not the head of the news division because he's like I gotta sell my news division guy on this, but he's the head of the network, I guess. Got it. Um, they make a point about how they had to sneak him into the office. She took me in through the basement. Yeah. Been in this building two or three hundred times, never came in through the basement. There's a funny like negotiation scene, but I don't know if you can actually call it a negotiation. It's kind of just like pantomime of a negotiation because <laughs> CJ tells him exactly what's going to happen. And then he puts up this really like spirited defense and then 
everything CJ says is exactly what they do anyways. He has no leverage here. He does try to slip the like the station ID. In yeah, there. he doesn't get anything though. So we just get the interviewer and the network logo. No network logo. CJ. Oh, I've got to get two other networks and CNN to pick this up live. Bad enough it's going to be your guy and not theirs, but they'll run an old petticoat junction before they put your network brand on their air. Yeah, like some, sometimes you can't haggle. Yeah, sometimes you can't. Yeah. <laughs> CJ's just going <laughs> to lock it down. Yeah, this is a situation where you can't do that. Yeah, and I don't want to look like this this jerk. I don't know. I guess he like kind of saves face for himself because he very uh, vigorously argues stuff. He just doesn't get any well, of no, the things he's arguing but for. Yes, he is getting like the thing. But yeah. you're the jerk. So he wins either way. Without right. with, that's not getting the discount. He's just trying to get more. I guess he's it's his yeah. job to try. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the thing that happens to me a lot of my job. It's like I gotta try to haggle when I know I have no leverage. And I got to be able to say that I tried, right. but I know that they're going to be like, no. Sure. <laughs> and then there's a an interesting line where the guy at the end is like, CJ, friend to friend. Is the water over your head? No, the water's exactly at my head. The water's at my head. Is that top of the head or bottom of the head? I those think, are two very different things. Well, I think it's like <laughs> head level, but the phrase is over the head. So phrase wise... It's not over oh, the yeah, head. In it's over just, your head. Yeah. It's just right at the top. Like you can still, it's close. You can do the thing where you like lift your chin up. Yeah, and you if you go up on your gas. tippy toes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're or buoyant float, at that point. Like if yeah. you just float. If you yeah, tippy toe it. <laughs> so they're not quite drowning yet, but uh, it could go either way. Uh, after that there's Josh and the Democrats who are the like pro tobacco votes on the Judiciary Committee. They are both former prosecutors or attorney Ooh. something state attorneys or something attorney generals or yeah something like that know, and they are state, uh, yeah. US they attorney? they think it's a bad case essentially and so they're like we don't agree with the well no they think it's uh, some sort of partisan just attack like a well no, but but no no it, it what they're saying is it, it is partisan that's obvious well is there's it? no basis I, I never thought of no, no, no! Like in this very specific episode's context, it seems kind of person. But I never thought of the uh, Justice Department's war on tobacco as partisan. Is it? Is it partisan? I mean, well, it's like healthcare versus big corporations. Well, but like, also, what what they say is most of the donations that come from tobacco companies go to Republicans. So it's like you're attacking the people that fund the other party. Right, and so well, that's maybe political. they should give more donations. Well, no, that's political, and that's a good strategy. But then they're but, saying, and we think it, that you're never going to win the case because, and there, this is a good point. It's that proving intent. Like whenever you bring a fraud claim, it's really, really hard to prove intent. How but, do you know someone but knew that's something and did it anyway? Right, because like we've said before, most of these sorts of lawsuits are settled. Like you don't have to prove intent. Right, you but, have to set. You have to come to an agreement. Sure, but it, this is one of those situations where they're not settling. Like they're clearly spending a ton of money to litigate. They're not. But isn't like, this real? And didn't it really happen? And didn't we win? Eventually, like, they but, settled? That, but I that don't was know. late in the process, though. I think we were talking about it last last show, and like yeah. I, it seems like it was a large amount of money, and certainly it's not nothing. But I don't think it's commensurate with the harm. With the with the the value that every single one of those people who had a wrongful death claim would have been able to get in a well, civil they also suit. the other they had another point about the case itself too, which was that it was it shouldn't have been a surprise to anybody that tobacco was harmful. 
just like despite what the companies may but have said that, like everybody yeah, that's actually knew it. a really but good is point is that the suit no well so okay so no if it, that's a really good point because if each of the individual families of the of the deceased person sued for wrongful death the defense would be com- contributory negligence it's like well you knew and you did it anyway so you took the risk Right, and then they'd get into a back and forth of what percentage of the negligence because maybe they got addicted back when they didn't know tobacco was addictive, and then they just couldn't quit and all that other stuff. But yeah, that would mitigate like a hundred percent liability on a wrongful death claim. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe the settlement makes sense in that context. But this, but the case that the the government brought was for consumer fraud. So that's not the same as a civil wrongful death hmm. claim. You don't care about what the what the victim knew or didn't know. Or I did wrong. You just care about did they intentionally perpetrate a fraud? So are they trying to? Is I guess Josh trying to prove that even though they put warning labels and on their packages, and there has been public research to say that it's bad, that there's additional information on top of that that the tobacco companies knew about and didn't share. Well, I think so. Yeah, because it he, seems he's, like he's that's what he's implying. He's singling. Singling out the tobacco CEOs. The Justice Department uncovers evidence that cigarette companies knew far better than the rest of us that smoking causes death and disease. To say nothing of the CEOs being the last seven people on earth to discover that nicotine was addictive. Josh. When you're talking about consumer fraud, all that matters to be able to make out that case is did you defraud consumers by in knowing something and then in like knowingly lying to them? Mm-hmm. Fraud requires knowledge that what you're saying is false, and you say it anyway. Which I think what Josh's point is is they like all those things did be- end up on packaging or whatever. But the tobacco companies did everything they could to like slow roll that process. So they had research, and then they but then they sent their executives or expert testimony to dispute that despite having reports that they had made internally that said the opposite, which they hid in a file drawer, mm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So they just kind of like slowed down the Like, let me give you an example. So public. like head on, you know, like the applying yes, wax apply to your forehead to, to relieve forehead. headaches. Does right? that work? Like even if a bunch of watchdogs had immediately put in every newspaper head on is fake, it doesn't affect the fraud claim against the company mm-hmm. if they knowingly misled people in their right, ads. Right, right. Wait, so head-on so doesn't work? So is this lawsuit not no. frivolous? No, it's not frivolous. It's just hard to prove intent. It's mm. really hard. You have to go, you have to depose all of the people in the company and they have to somehow admit or have some smoking memo that sh- shows them <laughs> knowing it. <laughs> yeah, it's got that smoking <laughs> memo. Oh, I, I forgot that. Like, that's what everyone calls a, a smoking gun document. Yeah, uh, no, I like uh, I know what you meant. Yeah, okay. It's just funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. So you smoke cigarettes. That's the thing. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. There's also <laughs> there's a third there's a third you joke see. in there yeah, in this particular yeah. context. You smoke cigarettes. <laughs> but yeah, um. So why is it so expensive to smoke? Oh, because the case because. <laughs> If you it's pay if you pay story. attorneys enough money, they but the will... government lawyers aren't making a ton of money. Right? No, 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 they're not. But if you pay attorneys enough money, they can slow down a case pretty much indefinitely. So because the tobacco companies are the defendants and they are given the due process like home turf advantage in a lawsuit, they're entitled to basically 
make it incredibly expensive and painful to get anything. So it's every document, every deposition, everything. File a motion to not admit this, to not admit this, to change the location of the court. Yeah, you you object to everything. Exactly. Change location, claim there's no jurisdiction, and recuse attorneys, recuse judges. Can the and the government hat the plaintiff has to respond to all those or can they just like can the judge like just make a call on a lot of it every single thing has to be done through motion papers and you can get like a reply paper and then a sir reply paper and a sir sir reply paper because you claim that they raise a new issue in their sir reply and you didn't get a chance to reply to that in your original reply and then the judge who doesn't want to have this all of this work be done and then it get invalidated by the appeals court because someone wasn't given the opportunity to respond to something almost always grants it right and then the judge will take months to decide things and then when the judge renders a decision you can make a motion to re-argue which is where you go to the judge and you say judge i think you got it wrong in your prior decision and then that gets enough opposition papers and a reply paper and a sir reply and a sir sir reply and it's just like and that can be over the most like trivial one in general, even in the relatively small cases that I litigate, one motion takes a year from the date that you make it, like you first serve the initial initial papers to the date that you get the decision from the judge. And that's and that's one year for a, an original decision. And then if you appeal that decision, it could take 18 months to get an appeal. So back down in the war room, Abby comes in. She's got some assistant lady. She says the code word. She gives away the code word to this lady. I, I would that not she, have someone given Someone has her. to say it for yeah. Abby. <laughs> She like right. can't say it herself. She won't bring herself to recognize. Is this her chief of staff? I don't know. It's some 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 random person, My, but that person knows knows the deal now. It's too. not her personal don't lawyer. Don't you think that like it's more risky to be like let anyone in this room with this code word that we're saying out loud in this hallway, right? Versus just like giving the, the security yeah. guard a list of personnel that's allowed in there, right? They know what you look like. <laughs> Yeah, this is that's like a very like video gamey thing. Right? It's like I'm not letting anybody in that doesn't know the code word, yeah. and then you Open have to like go. Sesame. Like, yeah, <laughs> you go like sneak around the back and like listen into something. Right. Sam is prepping her for the interview and just making sure that she has good answers for things. That she's kind of just walked through the process at least once. She's kind of leaning on jargony answers um, in a somewhat condescending way. I think. Yeah. Ten years ago. He began experiencing fatigue and signs of paraparesis of the anterior femoral muscles. In layman's terms. I think that she feels like she's about to or has been attacked for like caring for her husband in this way when she has this medical knowledge. And I think especially when people call her Mrs. Bartlett and she keeps correcting them to Dr. Bartlett. Mm -hmm. She's like trying to prove like, look, I'm a fucking smart doctor. Like, yeah, she's like, I wasn't just like fucking around. And, right. Like, I didn't like read a read a book or read the right. WebMD page on <laughs> MS. Like I know what I'm talking about here. Right, but Sam is not having it, and every time she starts with that, he just like puts his pen down and just stares yeah. at her. She's like, small words, please. Well, also like from an interview perspective, she like definitely seems a little arrogant. Right. She it would come off bad on TV for yeah. her. Yeah. To- answer like that yeah but she's a badass and i i was thinking during the scene i could watch a whole episode of this show of like abby being talked to in a room by anyone (laughs) because she just has so much like presence she's great 
yeah, so they cut that scene short there. They come back to that later. There's Miss Landingham and Charlie again after that, and he's still talking about the car. Just leave it, leave it be, man. She bought the car. She's happy with the car. Shut up about the car. Stop talking about the car. Nah, she paid too much for the car. And she then corrects him about like, oh, there's, you know, subsection C of U.S. code, whatever, says that. Look. Section 2635 of the guidelines laid out in ethical conduct for employees of the executive branch. Final regulations issued by the U.S. Office of Government Ethics, Section 2635, wherein White House employees are specifically enjoined from receiving or soliciting gifts over $20 in value. They want to give me a $19 discount on my car. I'll take it. That seems like enough for, for Charlie. So she that's where they leave that with them and like... No, no, because Charlie tells the president. Try, oh yeah, Charlie goes and rats <laughs> out on her. So there's quickly Leo and the president. After that, things are popping off in Haiti. There was a shooting on a plane that was getting the last people out um, on the tarmac. Like some Haitian soldiers boarded the plane and the the U.S. people. Um, The president kind of like, I think he kind of slags off the U.S. military in this Mm -hmm. scene a little bit. What the hell were they still doing on a runway? They had to be collected, sir. They weren't all in one place. We shot three men. That's what you do. We what? A foreign hostile puts his foot on an American military plane. That's an attack. And rules of engagement give us every right to repel. And I'm sure these guys had their handbooks with them. These guys were there to keep the plane on the ground. Because he's like, oh yeah, I'm sure they had their manuals right with them. And like... Even Leo earlier in the episode was like, these guys are very, or Nancy was like, these guys here are very well trained, like embassy guards are serious business. I thought maybe he was talking about the victims, like they didn't know yeah. necessarily that they're about to get no, murdered. No, no. Uh, I thought the way he phrased it was like, because Leo's like, they stepped on, it was like, we had all the rules of engagement. Yeah, but maybe like, yeah. maybe the president's like, oh, well, these guys who they are militants that, boarded a u.s air force plane or whatever so like they should know but maybe they didn't have their manual yeah, okay they, they didn't they yeah, didn't know what they were I stepping into yeah they didn't know was... they were gonna get killed okay sure i mean they should have but they according to the... uh, they probably shouldn't know so though. even after all that you get, though, on the, you get on the u.s plane you're gonna get killed they've come up with some charge of embezzlement or something against desaline that they're gonna charge him with and, and the president's the, ready to flip on him right away. And what does Bazan want? Desaline. On what charge? That as treasury minister, he embezzled $18 million earmarked for humanitarian aid. I'm sold. Yeah, he's like, he's like sold. Sounds good. Yeah, give, give him back. We, I just want this thing to be over pretty much. Which, not great on the president's part. It seems like they're totally like letting the Haitian military like steamroll him here. But I guess they don't have a ton of options at this point short of like large scale invasion so quickly after that is the president and miss landingham um he also would like to scold her for how she went about buying this car you bought a new car yes sir. and you paid sticker price section 2635 you need to look at the next page subsection b paragraph four mammy Yoko. you know i could beat you up anytime i want sir like he has so much shit going on right now why is he bothering yeah, himself with yeah this? He, he's looking up like the like like the kelly blue book value of her well he also car. had the other legal statute oh, too right, right. about how she actually can get like discounts and stuff and then he calls Which her she should know come on 
Come on. She should. If she read the one part of it, she should have read the second part. But here's the thing. This whole scene is just to demonstrate that Miss Landingham is a sweet, Such a sweetie. Such a cutie. Lovely human being. I wrote right here. um, Here I wrote, heart, Mrs. L. And you know what it Because means I was like so in this show loving when, for her. When fa- they make someone someone's no, I best didn't know friend that. and I didn't know that. I didn't know that. We, we found, I wasn't knowing that. Mo- Morris, was it? Morris, yeah. We found out R. her R. first R. name. It's Morris in this all scene. over again. Dolores. Oh yeah, Dolores. Dolores. Morris. <laughs> oh. See? Good. Yeah. Oh. He calls her Yeah. He calls her Mammy Yokum. Okay, he calls her two things here. Mam- first, Mammy Yokum. First he wait, wait. First he calls her Bob Cratchit. <laughs> he calls her three things, too. He oh. calls her something at the end, too. He calls her Fannie Mae. He calls her Fannie oh, Mae. Oh, you're right. He calls yeah. her Fannie Mae. Oh, wait. Hold on. So first he calls her Bob Cratchit. Um, hold on. Let me pull up my internet he here. He calls her Mammy Yoakum. Yeah. I so got Mammy, that next. Mammy Yoakum is from Little Lil Abner. Oh, you you beat me to it. Hold on. So, we're, we're on Bob so, Cratchit. So, so this is Mammy Yoakum. Yeah, you're not here. Damn. Whoa. No, oh, no, oh, the other oh. one. The other one. <laughs> so I'm I'm showing them a cartoon for a Mammy Yoakum cartoon. Yeah, and it's 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 confounding to me. What is this thing? So it's Mammy Yoakum's like an old kind of like, uh, crotchety. Let me break it down for you. Mammy Yoakum, born pansy hunks. Mammy was the scrawny, highly principled society leader and bare knuckle champion of the town of Dogpatch. Champagne? Yeah, that's how it's spelled. She married the inconsequential Pappy Yoakum in 1902. They produced two strapping sons twice their own size. Mammy dominated twice, the Yoakum clan. Twice their own size. Okay, is this their daughter then? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that so, must be so her Mammy daughter. So Mammy Yoakum, you know the- She's consistently the, the toughest character throughout Lil Abner. You know the uh, the thing where it's like, is this- uh, an old lady or a young lady? <laughs> mm-hmm. She looks like the She's old both. lady. Wait, I'm sorry. What? There's like a, there's like an optical illusion. It's like, oh, is this? Do you see a young lady or an old lady when you look at this? Oh, never yeah. seen that. No, is this like the that dress? It's like the thing. Yes, it's, it's the like, original it's dress. It's the OG dress. It's the original dress. So here's a here's a comic. It's a it's a it's a large woman. Who maybe maybe your daughter. Now that I'm I know that she gives birth to abnormally large sons. Yeah. <laughs> And she really actually looks like a normal size and person. And the daughter's kind of booming a little bit. Yeah. I would say. Banging. 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 Um, she's got big <clears throat> black tresses, but she's she also has a pipe like little little mama mm. Abner. Oh, she got a little pump. Oh, so how yeah, about that? Uh Mammy Yolkin smokes a pipe. Yeah. A corn cob pipe. Mm-hmm. Um the daughter has it too, but the daughter is like smooching a big pig, she's it looks sm- like. Yeah, she's smooching a and pig. She's laying on her stomach with her feet up, and Mammy is in on top of her, looking backwards at her feet. And while she's smooching the pig, and Mammy is saying, "Ah, finally got myself worked up." I don't understand that. I would like to is add a few, feet? a couple more details. <laughs> she's Ooh. in the pipes and feet. Mm. She's smoking but a why, pipe. Why is the daughter smoking a pipe? I it's just did everyone smoke pipes? They it was the pipes. part of the Yoakum family tradition. Yeah. <laughs> I just saw that face and it just looked like a young person. I don't see what's old about it except oh, for maybe no, no, that no, no, year. No, 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 no. Yeah, that's no, no, no. look look closer. Yeah. <laughs> if you here, if I show it to you from a distance, I think from a distance. No, still young. You see okay. the old lady? That's the old lady's mouth. Ooh. Oh, this <gasps> is like that oh. rabbit uh, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, like hold on. I'm trying to see the old lady now. The neck is the mouth. 
now I see it. Her chin oh, yeah, is the now. nose. Oh, my God. Now I see it. What's up? You learned some more mammy facts? No, I'm it? just looking at the old lady <laughs> illusion. Yeah, it's like the... Is this it this a, one's more visible than the normal That's one. a different one. Yeah. That's a yeah. that's a, a souped up old lady. Do you know the one that's like, souped is it up? a rabbit or a something a, a else? Duck? A, a duck. A duck. Yeah. yeah, it's a duck. I got it. <laughs> would, you, would you rather fight okay. one rabbit or one duck? Or a duck-sized vase. Mammy Yolkum. All right. Okay. <laughs> So yeah, mm-hmm. she's wrong about the wrong about the gifts, wrong about the car, Hold wrong on, about I'm everything. Sorry. I'm sorry, but I'm sorry, but in additional <laughs> character, he also <laughs> referred to her as Bob Cratchit. Okay, now Bob Cratchit is a fictional character in the Charles Dickens novel Christmas Carol. The abused, underpaid clerk of Ebenezer Scrooge. I'd like to think that everyone like over the age of 40 who listens to our podcast already knew who that was and thinks <laughs> oh, totally. we're ridiculous for not knowing who that is. But so Nobody Bob, knows wait, Bob who Cratchit Bob Cratchit is. Cratchit is. Bob Cratchit is Tiny Tim's dad. Mr. Tim. Is that what you're saying? Uh, and Yeah. Well, here he is depicted with uh, Tiny Tim. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Cratchit. So it's Tiny Tim Cratchit. And Whoa. Then, then there's a thing that the president says... Did you think I was going to think it was an extravagance? You don't think I think you should have a new car? Dolores, have you ever had a new car? No, Henry would go to Calvin Hilly in Concord, and Calvin would give him a good deal on something reliable. Calvin Hilly. Go down the willies. Wait, that's my favorite name of the episode yeah. by far. Calvin name Hilly. Of the week. Better than Bob Cratchit? <laughs> and she's going to pick it up. Um, it seems a little late, but I guess car dealerships will stay open because people got to come after work. But it seems seems a little late in the evening to go picking up doing business. But she's gonna swing back by the White House afterwards because the president's got to tell her something. No, he wants to kick her tires. He wants to kick her tires, but he's also gonna tell her about the MS. But he wants to kick the tires. Right? Can K- I kick ask tires? Light the fire. So. Yeah. so she says that her, you know, her husband used to go and make a deal with a guy and get a car, a nice Calvin reliable Hilly. car, right? Calvin Hilly. To get a nice, reliable car. Why didn't she go to Calvin Hilly? Not a woman's place. No. Oh, okay. Next. <laughs> no. But also, it's probably... <laughs> no, the so Miss Landingham is, is, is a just, hot car. She's feeding into... What kind of car do you think she bought? It was blue? I think she bought like a, like a Nissan blue. Sentra in blue. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> or you, you think know, she got a nice souped-up Honda Civic? <laughs> Maybe like a Ferrari. <laughs> oh, a, okay. a La Ferrara. I'm thinking it's a sedan. Yeah. Yeah. She got a like Oldsmobile Cutlass. No, she got an American she got an American car. Oh, yeah, my God. Ford maybe. Yeah, Oldsmobile. No, it's too big for her. I think she Cutlass. got she she got I think she got Ford. the a Daimler Chrysler. She, yeah, she got she would now she would be at a Ford Focus. She would get a Chevy Malibu. Something in that. Yeah. Range. The entry level four door basic car. Basic yeah. bitch car. Miss Lady Ham's a basic you think bitch. She was, <laughs> do you think she's feeling a little like zesty and wanted a, a coupe instead? That's what, that's what the blue is. Ooh, <laughs> you can't have the a tow blue package is the zest. Coupe. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so she's going to go pick up her car and she'll be back. Right back. Um, they go back down to the war room. Sam and the first lady seem to be getting along better now. They're actually like kind of flirty. I thought in the scene where she Oh yeah. What happens is basically that small stones in the inner ear which respond to gravity become dislodged and that'll cause benign positional vertigo. You alright? Yes, ma'am. Sure you don't want some acetylsalicylic acid? Aspirin, my brother. 
What a dumb major you had. <laughs> Oliver comes in. Um, we see him for the first time in the episode. Sam asks Sam to leave, and he does. Um, this is where she has her very forceful correction about she's a doctor. Mrs. Bartlett, I want to talk to you about Dr. Bartlett. When did I stop being Dr. Bartlett? When in the campaign did I decide that women were going to like me more if I called myself Mrs. When did I decide that women were that stupid? It Man. seems like the people would lean into that, like Dr. Jill Biden. People, people like that now. Well, I think Mrs. is more clearly indicative of you being like a wife of this guy. You're Mrs. Bartlett. You're like... A family lady. You're you're very all American. I kind of get it, but I'm just wondering if now that the, I don't think that people would worry no. about that. Yeah, anymore. nowadays. No, this, I think Hil- you okay. Let's give Hillary Clinton credit for being the first first lady that was a professional. All right, right? Because before her, Go I Hillary. think all of the first ladies <laughs> were it. like essentially housewives. I don't think they had their own careers. What was her career before? She was a lawyer. lawyer. Okay. She was on the board of Walmart. Although that was (laughs) after he was governor. After he was governor, yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of bullshit. He says that she needs to get her own lawyer because he has uh, found three states where she's clearly violated the doctor law. Yeah. (laughs) She broke doc law. And it's about not keeping medical records. And is um, it just treating family in general? What treating, was- yeah, treating family, not keeping medical records. And then the big thing at the end, which I didn't quite understand, which maybe someone here knows, is that in diagnosing um, MS, you need to ask if your uh, spouse has had any sort of like infidelity or like affairs. Well, it's, it's No, no, no. It's really just that one of the... One of the important, for an autoimmune disease, yeah, for autoimmune disease, you one of the things hmm. you have to ask about. What do you have to ask? Is extra, whether STDs. She didn't ask to smell dick. If they've had oh. extramarital affairs, and maybe because the it. same symptoms that can come up for MS could also come up for HIV. I don't think so. Maybe he's got the crap. Yeah, I don't. I do. I am very curious. I guess we'll never know the answer. No way to why <laughs> yeah i guess we'll just never know I but i was curious about that as well i don't yeah why didn't she ask to smell it <laughs> <laughs> donna and josh is quickly after that um he is still kind of lying to her about what he is doing oh there was why, one why more his, thing oh, go i remember she said she she changed his course of medicine like the, the original doctor he saw who diagnosed him prescribed a certain medicine and an injection and then she changed it while consulting him oh, but there's right. no record that shows that he was consulted while I, changing it so it looks like she just started writing prescriptions i didn't get that right. though if he had uh, initially prescribed the medicine right mm-hmm. he prescribed the first medicine yeah then how would having him change the medicine be like getting him involved he's involved he's already involved he wrote the script no he wrote the only the original one and she, it looks but like if she, she just went rogue and started treating but why him. would it be a leap if he already wrote if he wrote the original script then he gets that the diagnosis yeah, is ms the way that yeah the way the babish phrased it was like you didn't want to like involve another doctor right but he already but presumed, he was involved he presumably already knew yeah. and she could have just said hey what do you think about switching to the other option for treating this or whatever? Right, right. But I guess there's no record of that other than her right. saying it. And she, that's when she gets really 
so rightfully defensive and is like, I can get you a panel of like 10 doctors who will back me up. On Plus she wasn't, the first offense that he lists is that she wasn't prescribing it for him. She was writing the prescriptions for herself. He says you wrote yourself the prescription. Oh, and got him filled at like women's clinics. Yeah, or got something. him filled at women's clinics. So, you wrote these prescriptions to yourself, and then had them filled where? At the Dunwich Women's Health Clinic. And then had them shipped to various locations. It was a campaign. One location was Phoenix. Probably. Another was St. Louis. Yeah. You violated the medical ethics rules of three state boards. Uh, so, but then was she administering was being, them? She was being shady about it. Yeah. Like, I didn't catch her. that. She was doing like very calculated things, like yeah. in the same way that he had that art, that criticism that like he did everything right, which right. makes it look suspicious. She like, did everything way too right, yeah, way she, too wrong. Was she like specifically uh, tried to avoid certain things to that like expose her? But it, really, she's the bad yeah. guy here. Yeah, yep. the 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 woman's always uh, in the, the wrong. president Lady didn't Macbeth. do it. Macbeth that did it. <laughs> what? So after that, Donna and Josh is uh, the next scene. She's trying to help him with the response to the MS story, but he doesn't know that she knows it yet, and he keeps like making up lies to her. Josh, the president wants you at a meeting tonight in the residence around 9 o'clock. I'll tell you what that is. That's the Blue Ribbon Commission on Reform. Let me tell you, I'm going to be collecting benefits or you know, not by the time we get this Blue Ribbon thing up. Josh. Um, we'll try to see this as well. Never have a career as a Sagittarius. So she doesn't just say Sagittarius. She has a like facial spasm. She like giggles. She because she She like smiles. Yeah, she's like, oh, like I would never be very good at. And then like does this weird like eye roll thing, and her left eye like twitches, (laughs) like it full on twitched. I had to rewind it. And rewatch it because I was like, "What just happened with her face?" Because it got all contorted. I can confirm something, she something weird happened. That should be the gift for this episode: okay. is the Donna eye twist. <laughs> I'll track it down. <laughs> so, uh, so she knows, uh, and he was like, "Are you okay?" And it seems like she's still doing fine with it. She like has no emotional response to this whatsoever. Well, she she holds it in. I mean, well, Toby look, was like, "You better not have an emotional." Yeah, response. yeah. Toby set it up like, "I'm gonna tell you some shit and fucking be cool, bro." She's a professional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is a quick CJ press conference after that, and there's just some wrap up of the Haiti thing. Nothing super important there. It's Toby and Leo after that. Um, Toby comes in demanding that they have a meeting that they're already going to be having. You don't think it's crazy? I don't even know what we're talking about. We're firming up strategy on what will define the future of this presidency, and we don't know. If this president is interested in the future, we have to have a discussion, and we have to have it tonight. We're having a discussion. When? Tonight. Leo lets him run with it for a little while, um, and that sets up a thing where like every character comes in and demands the same meeting that, that <laughs> they're already going to have. We need a discussion, and I hate to sound shrill, but I can't wait another night. We're having a discussion. When? Tonight. Really? Yeah. That's great. Leo, I want to state right here, right now, in terms so plain and clear as to command their We're having a meeting tonight. The whole country is going to assume he's not running when he announces the thing. We're having the a press meeting. press is going to assume. We're having a meeting. Really? Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Uh, Josh comes in and pulls Toby out. You told Donna. Yeah, why don't you let me? Yeah, and yet. And he's like, hey, man, you trying to fuck my girl? You, tra- you telling her shit behind Dang. my back? What are you talking to Donna for? That's I'm mine. supposed to tell her that. Yeah. He's like, you didn't. But tell then her. he's like, you didn't. And it, 
like that's weird. Well, why would he? He was not know supposed that to. he was supposed yeah, to. Yeah, and, and why like, would? What is Donna knowing about it? Get anybody except in aiding Josh. Right. So, so why Josh wouldn't you tell Josh that you told Donna at the very least? Let me right. tell my girl. Or like they all have beepers. Just beep them. Yeah. yeah. Just beep me. Yeah. This is like paralleling the fact that Leo told the first lady. <laughs> Can we be men? <laughs> uh, so that, that is a little weird. Just I think. I, it seems like they had that whole thing just so that they could have these scenes. Like Donna knowing that doesn't add anything to the storyline as far but as we know. Good scenes, good yeah. scenes. Except for a wonderful eye twitch you'll experience. <laughs> <laughs> so back in Leah's office, and this is where everybody's coming in, they're talking logistics of the press rollout. They're talking tobacco stuff a little bit. Leo wants to pressure Congress. What do you want to do now? Stick some dynamite up Warren and Rossiter's ass. Yeah. Light them up. We're not going to stop, soften, detour, postpone, circumvent, obfuscate, or trade a single one of our goals to allow for whatever extracurricular nonsense is coming our way in the next few days, weeks, and months. CJ comes in. She says, we need to have a meeting about reelect. Sam comes in says, we need to have a meeting about reelect. Uh, and then... Uh, and they don't have the meeting, by the way. We don't see the they meeting. They don't do it. Yeah. And then they're... After that, Leo goes into the outer office, and Charlie's on the phone. He's got a f- some bad news. There was an accident at uh, titular line 18th and Potomac. Leo, there was an accident at 18th and Potomac. Mrs. Landingham was driving her car back here. What happened? There was a drunk driver, and they ran the light at 18th and Potomac. They ran it at a high speed. Charlie's show, right? No. She's dead. Is she okay? No. She's not okay. She's dead, though. She's not. She's dead, though. <laughs> Stop laughing. She's straight dead, Don't laugh. though. It's so sad. This is so bad. It is bad. Um, Nobody told me this was happening. Why would we? Good- you didn't, and I was so upset Oh, yeah. at you <laughs> and at them, at the drunk driver. Don't drunk drive. The real sad doesn't even, like, kick in till next I'm episode. real sad you don't deny my <laughs> feelings don't erase me she had like so much to live for in her new Ford Focus yeah well her new blue AC vehicle I wrote here right when it happened what the fuck yeah and then I immediately went on to our internet chat and to tell you all what the fuck <laughs> it is like it does just on rewatching this, feel like an odd choice. It's to out of do nowhere in I mean, this episode. I mean, I guess if you're, they set up the car. You know, it's a yeah, uh, Chekhov's car or whatever. <laughs> but they don't. It doesn't do much other than just add. It's yeah. just another thing. Right. It's just like why? Why they okay. have to do this? It's so terrible. Well, I guess like. And the whole episode is so like I don't know. Ugh. It feels like very vanilla. This episode. And like not, it's just kind of like nothing really happens, and we're all waiting for something big to happen. Ugh. And they just toss this in there. Well, th- I mean, this episode is setting up for the season finale, which is the next episode. Is no, it? No. Yes. Is it? The next episode is Miss Lane. Is it? It's the season finale. That's the That's finale. finale. Mm-hmm. 
After we're done with next yeah, week's episode, episode. Yeah. This is the end of season. next week is the end of season two. You have to evaluate these two together. Oh, okay. Well, I I really actually I think this is a great episode. This you episode is solid. These like I did. The last, I like, really enjoyed it. I mean, I had a. Save, I, well, save it, save it, all right, it, folks. Save it. All right. So, um, I wonder if they wrote her off the show. Well, she's dead, Eric. Well, <laughs> they have now. <laughs> well, you think she had a sexual like harassment yeah, so I, I think, allegation? Yeah. I think um, was Catherine, Catherine Justin. Is my, she still around? The juice. I mean, I don't think she died. Wasn't she on <laughs> like she at this point? Other show? She was old. Yeah, she was on another show. She's in. She's in. There's like scenes with her in the next episode. But but maybe, those are flashbacks. Yeah. Or zombie. <laughs> 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 zombie Mrs. Landing. Or so dreams. Funny. So Leo's got to go tell the president about this. Um, presumably, um, we see him like walk out into the portico, get some air. And then he walks in, and the door closes, and they start talking. And there's like this cool like effect through the glass, yes, where you like you can't really that. see the president's reaction directly. <laughs> I thought this was weird, and I wrote a note to myself: Did they think like a funhouse mirror sort of <laughs> aesthetic was appropriate for this scene? <laughs> it's a metaphor for life. Oh, yeah, yeah, you can never see what's coming. Well, no, I, I thought it was just it distorts everything. Mm. Yeah, same. Is that just like a a property of old glass? I don't know. I kept thinking, is it dirty? It was very distracting. It's from not dirty me. though. It's like warping it. Yeah, I actually. <laughs> Maybe double pane. Maybe. Well, so I. <laughs> oh right, because they would have bulletproof glass. They would have replaced the glass. But also, the old glass usually has double pane for insulation. Okay. Well, mm. I I read a. An LSAT passage that actually was about this. (laughs) And I'm going to completely butcher it because I was reading it obviously in a rush. But there is, it was about like how glass looks like it's slipping over time. And that is a quality of glass. Didn't they used to say it's like an amorphous solid and like the old glass like will drip down because it it does over years like slowly, slowly, slowly drips out. So older glass will be like thicker at the bottom. Yes. Because like the temperature changes make it. It sort of it's like a solid or a liquid that functions as a solid but then ha- still has this quality where it can like still shift hmm. yeah Crazy. cool right very cool has anyone done like a 50-year time lapse of glass i don't know if they've ha- had they had t- the time they just technology invented for glass. 50 years <laughs> oh time lapse <laughs> they just invented <laughs> glass like 20 years ago well so and that's the last Scenes, the credits. Um, did anybody recognize what the or remember what the credit shot is? I forgot. No, because I was crying too hard. You cried? <laughs> no, I can't cry because of my medication. Uh, let's see. It is. It's true though. Did it, you? It I, can, I can make you. Did cry. you make whimper sound? The no, cre- the um, credit I have shot. not. I have not cried since I went on this medication. I cannot cry. Even when you cut up an onion. Is it like I can't like I cannot? Is it cry. like LASIK surgery? You're not allowed to cry, or like you physically <laughs> cannot? No, like historically i'm a crier this like won't let me cry it's just like it's a it's like maybe people haven't been hurtful enough to you okay okay <laughs> and maybe we need to test yeah. that out let's let's begin really project make Braden weep yeah so i thought it was very funny this super serious scene probably the saddest thing go to the credits <laughs> 
And uh, the credit shot is Charlie um, seemingly scolding Mrs. Landingham. What a lovely memory. He's got his arms crossed. (laughs) This looks like a sitcom. Like with the two of them. Do you think they just It's our fanfic. They roll dice for like a random time stamp. (laughs) Basically. Um, yeah, that's the end of the episode. So, how about some headlines? Who got them? Oh, gee, I wrote some. Who got his? Who I got wrote his? some. Headlines. I have uh, just like two terrible ones. You want to do yours? Okay, one's in really poor taste. Okay, let's go. Landing slam. Whoa, I have that. <laughs> oh, really? I have that here. Okay. Really? That's a good one. Yeah, wow. really. Great. That's We're good. both like. And I also just up. had slanding him. Slamding him. Okay. Pretty okay. good. Yeah, Slam yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, go on. And then I, well, I had one about Haiti. If you're done with your inappropriate Miss Landingham ones, I got some more. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Um, I'm on here. We'll always be missing Landingham. Mm. It's mm-hmm. like we're so sad about yeah. it. Um, and then also on that same, I had um, drunk driver doesn't miss Landingham. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Factual. <laughs> yeah. But also, like, on a more serious note, I did, like, Tragic Crash Kills Literal Angel. Aww. <laughs> You're really and, feeling um, it. Also wrote here, um, Drunk Monster Destroys Lives. <laughs> and then I did one more on that, which was, what the fuck? Oh, my God. Are you serious with this shit? Wow. Yeah. I was sad. Um, okay, I have one about Haiti, and I'm not even quite sure this makes sense. Okay, no, that's good. That's a sign of a good headline. Yeah, it's Hades Corpus. Hades Corpus, yeah. That's, that's, yeah. uh, yeah. It works. Hades Corpus. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, his corpse. Because his corpses. 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 Um, I said the president or first lady, whoever is MS. Miss Ms. Behaven. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Burn. <laughs> um. Any any other Ms. ones? No. I didn't no. Know. So my and then the other one I have is New Pole Deets. America sweet on beats. Mm. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that That's a good one. Oh, I'm sorry because I had more Haiti. Yeah. Okay. Go, okay. Oh, I had more Haiti. I had um. Haiti gonna hate. Haiti gonna hate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had um, Haiti, Haiti for two, because there's like two <laughs> presidents now. Haiti for, and also I, it sounded like it was the beginning of like a cheer. Or hey, something. yeah, yeah. Okay. I tried for that. <laughs> um, and then one more. I said, a Caribbean, Caribbean. That's good. Jason just mm-hmm. mm, in appreciation. All right, anymore? Are we good? Final thoughts? What do you got? You said you, said you liked it? I, I thought it was a good episode. Like, it was real emotional, you know? Like, that's like, but also, like, funny, too. So, but the emotional is like a gut punch, though. It's yeah. just out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. It's a sucker punch of emotional. Yeah, they sucker. Not, they sucker does. You, they, they make her really likable throughout the episode just to rip her away but it's not like they don't set her up as like tragic well i realized that miss landingham is in like four episodes of this show that's it i never really counted before but now that i'm and now analyzing you have, it now harder you still than i ever had before count it 
think in the beginning, like the first season, she was in a lot more. Yeah. This season, she's been really sparse. Maybe, let's put it yeah. this way. She's in like a total of 10 minutes of the show. Oh, she's not in the show much at oh, all. Oh, that's yeah. true. She's very memorable. But she's constantly scene. in our hearts. Yes. yes. It's about quality, yeah. not quantity. Yeah. Well, she was, I mean, she's in it a lot, but she just usually has like a little jokey thing with Charlie as like a side thing. Like she was like, oh, what, cl- you know, you should take this class or but whatever. She hasn't been in it almost the whole season, except for the very beginning. She was in uh, at least a little bit of it a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Some, but she doesn't have any she's plot She's in lines. it. Don't listen to Jason. I think the she's only real plot line that she's she ever had was the Toby Vet episode. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. Christmas one. Yeah, the veteran one. Yeah, where he dies. In the yeah, park. the one where Toby dies. <laughs> oh, so <Yeah>. too soon. And <laughs> <laughs> Miss Lanny Ham's hand. I was so <laughs> fucked up when she murdered him. Right, so she's like, <laughs> she's a very minor character, but she's like not to me. She's she packs extreme, a lot like, of punch, and she's extremely likable. She's yeah. major to me, and she's just—I don't know. It's she's. I like when she put. She's like puts all the boys in their place all the time, mm-hmm. and the president. She too. brings all the boys to the yard. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Her milkshake and such. Um, but she like puts the president in his place. Josh a lot is too, never going to get I that like. cookie that he wants so bad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> poor guy. I will just leave it at that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I felt like it's it's a weird decision to kill her in this episode when, like, I may have liked it more maybe if they didn't do that because <laughs> it just felt like a weird cop out at the end to like force emotion on you instead of just like embracing the build up to the next episode or the last episode. But sometimes, like. Mrs. Landingham dies. <laughs> Sometimes she well, dies. Well, I think like that's like Jason's point about this next. You got to take it with the next episode because right. they like absolutely deal with that the next episode, and yeah. it's a huge oh. payoff. Like I oh. think, I think oh. it's. Um, I mean, you seem to have a pretty strong response to this, but I think in retrospect, this only is a huge event in the series because of the next yeah. episode. This is just what? like the tip of the iceberg. What? Of. I think that. What? But you know what? It sort of feels like. I mean, the last few episodes have been very good, but it all feels like it's just waiting for that amazing final yeah. episode. And it's all fuel for that. I mean, I guess that's how the show goes, but it's like. Well, actually, I think it is a little. I don't know. A lot of shows, the next to last episode is typically like the banger. Mm-hmm. especially like the modern HBO stuff. Like if you watch Game of Thrones, episode nine is always on a 10 episode season is always the big episode. Right. And this is like kind of the equivalent. I mean, the slot it's the penultimate episode is like, and everything else is just like the fallout of that. But this one is not like that at all. No. Like this one's ramping up still. We've and been then, like building mm-hmm. for like the past four episodes, I think to what's coming next. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. I think that's the thing is I'm just like anticipating that happening and I'm kind of like, come on. Yeah. So it's kind of a cliffhanger a little bit, but I mean, it's not really like a mystery or anything, but no, I just, certainly like peaks at the last second. We don't get any yeah. of the aftermath of Can it. Can you imagine like watching this when it aired live and this happening and you having to wait a whole week to watch what's like going to happen next and they kind of right. leave it. They don't like deal with it in any satisfying way. There's no like amazing like Martin Sheen moment where he reacts to yeah, this. Yeah, all you yet. see him do is like tilt his head a little. Yeah, like, through, like, through a the ref- weird glass. Yeah. <laughs> the slipping glass. So it's sort of like, 
I just, it's risky for sure to do this, I think. Um, this one does have that, that Haiti plot line's not super entertaining or interesting, though. It's like off screen, it's just people telling you about something. It's like very generic in a way. Watching it again, the way, like, it's so, because Charlie doesn't respond to it at all. He doesn't seem to have much of an emotional reaction. Leo has because a reaction. Because he's so gutted. Because he's destroyed inside. Charlie seems but like um, he... sort of like uh, what is a crier? <laughs> no, like his eyes are like look like they're about to cry, sort of like they're welling up. But he just kind of seems shocked, like, and he's. I was has... totally right. What Mrs. Landingham is only in thirty episodes. Whoa, you, you were totally like not right. Thirty out of. Uh, probably like 32. <laughs> no, I mean, no, no, I it's been it's like 40. 40. 40, yeah. 40 yeah. It'd be 44 between two seasons. Remember when but she shows had 21 episodes a season? Too many. Yeah, it is. It's <laughs> too damn many. <laughs> so, solid episode, but um, it's, I think, I've always considered like from Bad Moon Rising through the end is like one big episode, essentially. Kind of, yeah. I feel like you should watch it as like a whole movie, sort of. Which or I've even done. actually even seven no seventeen people on seventeen oh, people is the, yeah. the kickoff of the end yes seventeen and people it's a really great suite of episodes but this is just a part of that like there there isn't a great arc in this episode necessarily like standing right. alone this isn't like a if you saw this by itself it wouldn't mean much right no it only means stuff in the context of what becomes yeah. right before it and what right after i think it. this is actually doing this podcast is the closest i've gotten to watching them like how you would have watched it when it was on tv because mm. usually i just binge it right and i get to watch all of these like, oh, yeah. awesome episodes in a row so it is super cohesive and i can't imagine sorry sorry Brad, but like yeah. in the netflix era watching this one and not immediately watching the next oh, one i know we i think th- Maybe it's it's useful to refer to this as the Babish block. Because as soon as Babish is in the show, and it's like every episode of Babish. They're all good. Yeah. You, and you always just churn through them. Yeah. Jason, it's Babish. Ba- babish. Yeah. Babish. Am I saying you right? Yeah, ba- yeah. Ba- babish. There you, yeah. That's it. That's it. Okay. Anyway. Um, any other noteworthy things? Oh, I want to give a small uh, shout out to something in the last episode that I only noticed upon editing the episode with like headphones on and stuff. There's like almost like a Dunkirky like tick in the back of the episode, and like hmm. every scene has like a tick 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 like bomb is coming like. All the um, Babish scenes have like clocks just like huh. dialed way up in the mix. Who really? directed that episode? It's got to be Tommy Schlamys, right? Definitely. <laughs> so, Tommy it's got to be Schlamy. Directed by, oh, Christopher. Tommy Schlamy. Christopher Missiano, who did a bunch of the episodes. He did Mr. Willis of Ohio. Yeah, he did a lot through the first few. Very, very nice little touch. I thought that was like a, a cool audio thing, but you would miss it very easily unless you had your speakers way dialed up. Yeah, I like vaguely remember hearing it at the beginning of the episode and then I guess it like just fades into the background. It's, yeah, I mean, it's not in literally every scene, but it's in a lot of them. It, yeah. Like anyone that has like the 
stakes being laid out has mm-hmm. that in the background i love like any sort of like subtle audio in yeah. shows when it's really well thought out like that and i that kind of those little like uh subtle sounds that you kind of don't realize you're hearing are what makes shows so great to fall asleep to a lot of the time <laughs> like star trek has like the best sound design and that's why we got it's Just like the this. doors opening and yeah stuff. like to ch- and there's like a white noise in the background constantly that oh, nice. feels like you're kind of like drifting yeah and you totally don't even realize it, but it's like it's the most the relaxing the thing yeah. ever. Yeah. And sometimes the West Wing has it like the comforting the sounds of a dilithium powered nacelle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. So this is a solid episode. Um, in context, it's one of the better ones, but maybe not. Uh, maybe not your good first episode for somebody to watch. No. Yeah. Uh, but that's not all, a good first. All I got. Um, so first. thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, folks. Uh, thanks. Good night. Uh, tell your tell your grandma you love them. Oh my god! <laughs> Get her that new car. See you next time. Bye. Mm-hmm.